what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV network. My name is Alan Jackson and with me, my brother in tech, Brian Jackson. Brian, hey, how Alan. are you doing on the, oh, on the other side of the coast, other side of the country yeah. here? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Although it's early, right? The three it hour is. difference, right? You made me get up early this morning. I so. intentionally schedule our recordings for early morning my time. Because I know that means a super early time for you. <laughs> yeah, and I really appreciate that. Um, no, I feel like I'm at my best in the morning. So this is this is good. I think, uh, and you're going to say, this is this is my best. This is your best. This uh, is it. This is all you have to offer. So. Okay. Let me just say, I think I am just fine in the morning. Let's okay. put it that way. You're right? adequate. You're I'm uh, adequate. You're adequate in the adequate. morning. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing okay. Doing all right. You know, of course, we're still recording this in some some unique times. I think we've gotten a lot of good yeah. feedback from people who have listened to our working from home special episode that we did. We encourage anybody who uh, maybe uh, didn't get a chance to listen to that, especially if you find yourself in a situation where you are working from home a lot more and you're needing a little more technology needs improvements around your home. Uh, we did a special episode just on that topic a couple weeks ago, so I do encourage you to go back and check that out as well. Uh, probably worth your time to listen to that. I yeah, know. I think uh, you know I've gotten some good uh, feedbacks from some people that that was that was something that's needed, and I know yeah. that there's lots of information. People have done a good job with the uh, some of the internet articles uh, that are out there to give some people some advice on how to make this transition because it's certainly not something that uh, many of us planned for. So. No, absolutely not. So, of course, our thoughts and uh, out to everybody out there dealing with this and uh, hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. Brian, we're starting another topic for this month, and we wanted to kind of address a new topic that we thought uh, still was a little bit of a compliment to the ones we've been mentioning the last few weeks. And this whole idea of people working from home and doing more at home, possibly on the internet, um, we felt it was a good time to let's talk about the internet in general, you know, the internet mm. pipe that is coming into your house, the internet bandwidth and speed that you are currently getting, because you can have, you can have the best practices for video conferencing or streaming TV or all these things. But if you don't have good internet, uh, or if you don't understand your internet that you're getting, uh, you could be limiting or hampering yourself a lot more than you realize. So that's what we're going to dig into today, at least starting with this main topic on just internet access in general, different types of internet access. What are some things you need to keep in mind or understand about the access you're getting? And we're going to talk a little bit about internet speed, because I think that is something that's a pretty critical factor people need to be at least aware of and comfortable in how they measure it and what their needs are. Um, hmm. Okay, okay, wait a minute, Alan. You, yeah. you said we were going to go over a topic that was really important to working from home. I thought we were going to talk about alcohol and sweatpants. <laughs> those two things, that's what I prepared for today. Um. I, I can tell. I can see that on the video <laughs> conference I'm looking at right now. Um, video uh, Sweatpants and alcohol, I think, was going to be episode five that we were going to do next yeah, month. So that, okay. we'll get to that. Okay. And do some deep, deep dives. Deep, right? deep dives on that. Okay. Um, right. Uh, uh, no, proper think, proper think, uh, attire for working from home and what drink you should 
should be having in your hand right. as you do so. Yeah, right. Perfect. Whether or not you should be wearing pants throughout the day or not, <laughs> given that no one sees you from the waist down anymore. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, we talked about this is this is the perfect topic right now to because uh, I think the people that have now been forced to to work from home are starting to recognize some of the uh, issues with their internet that uh, may keep them from uh, from doing their job effectively. And you know, we may not see that on a normal uh, a normal day where we're out, uh, working from the office and then, you know, only have to worry about the internet speeds in the evening. And, uh, mm-hmm. so now I think this is becoming a much bigger issue. So I think it's a good time to talk about it. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, and I'm hearing some reports from people saying that, you know, as you kind of would expect, I mean, with all the people, like you said, working from home now or at home, or even if they're not working from home, they're just consuming a lot more online media or a lot more web surfing. Uh, we have seen reports that internet service providers, some internet access is slowing down yeah. uh, for a lot of people. And also I noticed or saw some reports that things like YouTube TV a group that we talked about for our streaming TV option, our recommendation is kind of our best TV streaming option is doing some downgrading of video quality and streaming just automatically because of mm. the increased bandwidth usage that people are, are experiencing right now. So it is, a, it is a good time to be talking about internet speed because I do feel like, uh, not to be a uh, too much of a pessimist here, but I think it's something we're going to need to be a little more mindful of going forward. It's going to be a, more and more important to watch. So, Yeah, because if you're slowing down my episode of The Bachelor, <laughs> we've got to discuss this. So we've got, we've got issues. I know. I, 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 I hear you, Brian. So I figured that about you. So. <laughs> Listen, hey, the struggle is real. The, the struggle, struggle is, is real. real. Okay. Well, let's talk internet. Yeah, um, let's get in. So overall internet access. Okay, I would assume at this point you're listening to this podcast, you have internet capability somehow. Otherwise, there's no way you'd be listening to us talk right now. But let's talk about the different types of internet access that people could be having right now. So Brian, what, what do you think? What's the number one way that people would be accessing internet in their home environment right now today? Well, the number one, I think, is probably, and we can talk about kind of whether someone's getting it through Wi-Fi, but of course, the service itself, I think a lot of people are using, you know, broadband these Mm -hmm. days, a lot of people using cable internet, right? So So when we say broadband, we are talking your cable modem, that's Mm -hmm. uh, your cable provider, which has traditionally been one of the main sources for internet access, Uh, a hardwired cable running into your home, coax old cable, just like you used to hook up TVs with. That is when we say a cable internet uh, broadband connection, that's that's mainly what we're talking about there. Yep, yep. And that's going to be, um, you know, that's an improvement over what most of us did initially uh, early on, which is going to be a dial-up internet, which is going to be using the phone line. And then there was a DSL, which probably kind of all kind of went through that process as well. There are still people that are probably using DSL, but that's, so what is DSL? Is it direct service line or I think, I think that's the, but it's basically using your phone line, but at a different frequency. So it doesn't mm-hmm. affect your, your home line. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it used to be, we would, you would use your phone line and it had to be taking over your phone. So you couldn't be on the phone talking to someone at the same time you're trying to download internet. Then they started to recognize there was different frequencies they could use. And so you could actually be pulling in information in on your phone line while still being able to use your uh, your phone, yeah. um, and then 
you know, those those lines were limited. So now they've moved to uh, coax cable. They also have fiber, you know, that's kind of taken a different level of this. I was going to say fiber is um, kind of the next generation of that hardwired yeah. cable running into your home. Uh, fiber is where, where coax was kind of a multi-purpose cable. It was used for video, for cable streaming, and also for internet. Fiber is truly a data-centric. I mean, it's all about pushing internet into your home. Yeah, um, and it's incredibly fast. Very, very fast, yeah. um, comparatively so. Yeah, so we've seen a lot of organizations that I work with have upgraded to fiber connections at their place of business, but now homes also um, have some availability yeah. for fiber lines as well. Um, so that's kind of the next thing, I think, as people start to hear up-and-coming internet technology, I think it's going to be all uh, fiber. Now, but we should also talk about the fact that there's uh, some people don't even have and may not even need an actual f- uh, line run into their house. They're using possibly right. their cell phone service as their yeah. internet uh, source yeah. within their house, right? Yeah. So what's what's interesting, when I was doing research on this, I was kind of amazed with the speed capabilities of some cell phones now compared to, you know, the speeds that you might get from home. Obviously, anything that's over the air has a little bit of an issue uh, when you're talking about connectivity and speed and, uh, you know, being in locations where that information can't get to you. But um, yeah, the cell phones, they're getting faster. Uh, we've gone through what the 3G, the 4G, the LTE, mm-hmm. uh, and now the big thing that's on the horizon is uh, the 5G, uh, which is a uh, exponential increase in speed. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's still a ways away, I think, for us to to be using that on a regular basis. I think for it, a home user usage, and especially out in the rest of America. I mean, if you live in yep. maybe one of the bigger, the biggest cities in the in the country, you might have quicker access to this five G, true five G connection. Mm-hmm. Now, let's be clear about it. AT and T, Verizon, some of these companies have been marketing what they call a five G service, but it is not the actual true five G service that right. I think is going to be on the horizon. It's a, a terminology they're using for marketing to talk about some enhanced speeds. But when we talk about true 5G connection that is going to be on the horizon, this is something mm-hmm. I guarantee you if we fast forward two or three years from now, we're going to be talking all about 5G as a primary way for getting internet. Yep. The thing that's exciting about 5G, the thing I want people to be thinking about is that uh, imagine your cell phone service, but a fast, so fast a connection that you, that, that cell phone service could actually power all of the internet in your house. Okay. Mm-hmm. It really is that that strong a signal. It is that fast a speed. I think what we're going to see in the future is people moving away from physical lines coming into their house with internet and instead using this cell phone service that beams into their house and maybe they have a router of some sort there in their house that is getting that cell phone signal and spreading it out within their home through their home Wi-Fi network. Um, right. So in other words, your phone service becomes your home internet service is what yep. we're talking about. Now, it'll be more expensive per month than yes. what you're paying now. Um, it'll still be a ways down the road before it gets here, but that is where we're heading. And I think the world wants to be as wireless as possible, and that's kind of your ultimate wireless service is where everybody's getting their internet through a, a cellular uh, a mobile phone cellular service that can now power your whole home. So. Right. Yeah. No, and, and you're exactly right. Everything I've read is that, that you would not have a need for home 
uh, wired internet if the speeds were uh, what they're proposing it to be. Now, I will I will say I've, I've read when you said that it's going to be a very strong signal, it's going to be a very fast signal. But I think the signal, the travel of the signal is what's the real issue right now, right? Is yeah. that you have to have a lot of these towers yeah. in order to be close enough to get it. And that's going to be the, uh, the, the rub, right? Even when it first comes out, I'm not sure I would be an early adopter unless sure. you knew that, you know, you're going to be close enough to a tower to actually make use of it. Well, it's very much the same way that when, you know, 3G and LTE and some of these mm-hmm. other ones all rolled out, it's the same exact story. It, it started in the bigger cities. It was not the most accessible um, uh, service for a while, but then it eventually got to the point where it was propagated enough and there were enough towers over the, around the nation where now everybody has it. So 5G will be the same way. It, it may be a little steeper curve to get there, but the idea, I don't know, for me personally, the idea of knowing that I would have one service coming into my house that powers the cellular service on my phone, powers all the internet in our house, all of our computers are getting the same uh, internet uh, wireless internet signal without having to worry about multiple uh, vendors involved or having to worry about extra equipment needed in my house. It's kind of exciting. So I do mm-hmm. kind of look forward to see where that's going to be in the future, but um, not something anybody's going to need to be dealing with anytime very soon, but it is something yeah. to keep in mind in the horizon. Yeah. So Alan, if um, maybe just take a slight tangent, but if if someone was listening to this and said, Oh, okay. So you guys went over the speeds, which we'll be doing in just a little bit and talked about kind of the differences of megabits a second and all of that, what those numbers mean. And then they go to look up their cell phone speed and find that their cell phone speed of LTE is pretty good. Should they get rid of their home internet? If they say, hey, listen, I can tap in and do a uh, hotspot on my phone. Mm -hmm. Should I just have my home computer connect in to a hotspot that my cell phone is producing? Well, boy, that that's that becomes problematic. And I have yeah. talked to some people who have said, asked me if they could do that. And like, the answer is you can, but here's the but problem is that uh, if your phone is your hotspot, okay, and again, let's just kind of boil it down for everybody. So the idea here is let's say I'm just going to use my AT&T uh, LTE service on my phone because it's really good and I can watch videos on it and I can do all that. I want my home computer and I want my internet TV streaming box to use my phone's hotspot to pull internet. The answer is yes. In theory, you can do that. The problem is that you have to remember if your phone is that hotspot, that means your phone has to physically be there at your house all the time to power internet if you want internet yep. happening on any other device. And then you're still subject to whatever happens with cell phone signal. I mean, if you lose signal, if the antennas go a little weak for a while, that just really waters down your signal throughout your house. And then, I mean, even though I think most of these cell phone providers don't have too many data caps or you can get an unlimited data plan, but even on an unlimited data plan, if you are streaming so much stuff through a hotspot, they're eventually going to slow you down to the point where it's going to really hurt. So I don't recommend it. I don't think it's a good move. I think people will find themselves a lot more frustrated with it. Uh, It's worth to me paying the 30 bucks, whatever you can get for a dedicated internet line coming to your house versus trying to piggyback off your cell phone and finding yourself very frustrated. So you agree with that? So Yeah, I do. And and the other thing you mentioned, the you know, the data caps, it may not be an issue of data caps, but it certainly will be an issue of throttling that happens. And most uh, cell services will say, 
you can provide a hotspot, you can use a hotspot, but it's only going to happen at this speed yeah. or the hotspot. We're only going to, uh, you're going to cap you at a certain data or a data rate. So um, even though you can pull up that YouTube video or that Netflix video on your phone and it streams perfectly, it doesn't mean that you then streaming it out to your, um, your TV, uh, it, which is going to be pulling that hotspot doesn't mean that you're going to get that perfect signal there. So, uh, no, I think that's, that's pretty important. I, I do think having right now to me, probably the most efficient way of getting home internet, that's a decent speed. That's at a decent price is, is still broadband. Yeah, and, agreed. um, you know, we're not quite there. I mean, we've had other things like satellite and all of that, which have kind of gone away and it's just not really uh, a useful way of doing it, but right now broadband. So let's talk about, you know, do we, we don't need to really mention too much about the different services that are out there because every part of the country has their own services. But Alan, what, what would we be expected to pay for a decent internet right now? Something that's going to allow someone to mm-hmm. stream TV and, uh, I mean, I think I'd be, I think I'd be safe in saying you, know, you could be looking anywhere from $40 a month to maybe $70 a month. Yeah. I pay yeah. about 60 and mm-hmm. that's for a hundred megabit, um, connection, which is great, more than enough for streaming TV, even streaming multiple TVs in the house and video gaming. Uh, and it's about 60 a month through my cable provider. Um, yeah. yep. they're, obviously, they're more aggressive pricing as, as new packages roll out. Uh, even though mine is a 100 megabit line, I honestly think you could be at uh, 50 megabits and still be doing some great streaming with no problem. And probably paying a lot less. So, what about you, yeah. Brian? What, what's kind of your? Yeah, no, I think I think uh, the cheapest I've seen when I did some some research is maybe about twenty five, okay. but that's that's going to be uh, on the low end. Um, and I think we're paying you know thirty five, and yeah. we've got fifty, so okay. about half your speed, but half the price, or yeah, yeah about half about the price half as the price. well. So, yeah, yeah so it's. Um, Everybody should be kind of expecting if you want this constant internet that's available, that's going to be useful for multiple TVs, useful for multiple devices. Um, you should probably be prepared to pay, you know, 50. I think I read that the average internet cost for people across the country is 60 right now. Yeah. So it sounds about um, right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, uh, people, you know, you said you're running a 50 megabit line. I'm running a hundred megabit. I mean, what's the difference there? What, why the difference on those? To me, it all boils down to how many people in the household yeah. could be using simultaneous internet, and then what type of internet are you going to be running? Are you going to be streaming a lot of TV? Are you going to be um, downloading or uploading a lot of files for whatever reason, work or collaboration with others? You know, I have a four-person family, and all four people are very active internet users. There's there's definitely times where we have two or three video streams going on simultaneously in our house. So we yeah. really needed that hundred megabit line. And for that, it's perfect. We don't have any bottlenecks. We don't have any slowdowns. Um, I think a one, two person household for sure. Even if you're very active internet users running video streams all the time, I think 50 is more than enough for that. So I think that maybe, and again, it, mileage is going to vary. I'm not saying that these are hard and yeah. fast rules, but I think the number of people in your household and the amount of time you're online and the amount of time is streaming a video is kind of your determination of what level of bandwidth you would need. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and I will say, as we go along, we can kind of mention that 
one of the beauties is most of our devices tend to utilize whatever data we give it. So you might have a device that says, oh, I need to stream this Netflix show. Well, if you don't have the proper internet, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to see that show. It means that either the quality of the show will be less, so it'll be more pixelated, so mm -hmm. it takes a different stream of that. Uh, or you might get some pauses that happen throughout that show. You know, So it's not saying that, oh, gosh, I don't have 50, so therefore nothing will come in from Netflix or nothing will come in from YouTube. It just means that the experience is going to be a little different. Yeah. And when you've got a device that... You know, you go out and buy a really nice TV, a 4K TV, you may not get 4K service uh, on that 4K TV uh, because of your internet speed. Yeah. So you may say, wow, I've got this, you know, great TV. I've got this great Apple TV. I've got um, paying for the service that provides really good 4K content, but you're not getting, you're not using any of that um uh, technology that you purchased because you don't have the speeds to provide that information. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Can we talk through kind of a real some real life examples here of sure. just kind of uh, what people could be typically downloading or viewing and kind of what kind of consumption that will be. We're going on the assumption that when we're talking about these broadband connections, that there's no data cap, meaning what we mean by that is they're not going to cut you off after downloading or, or streaming a certain amount of content. Now, there are, have been some, some internet plans in the past, and there may be still fl some floating out there where you do have a cap. You're only allowed uh, 50 gigabytes a month or something. I don't you know, different levels, yeah. different limits. Uh, those are ones where you really have to be careful. Luckily, we're kind of in an age now where most of these plans you get are going to be unlimited. Most of the broadband connections, uh, all the ones you know I've had, I think you've had, or have been unlimited on the on mm -hmm. the data side as far as downloading goes. Um, but like, okay, Brian, if somebody wanted to watch a, a Netflix show and yeah. they're wanting to download uh, something on Netflix, a pretty common use, what are we looking at download? size, just so we're aware of what we're dealing with there. So when I looked into this, it seems like the um, the estimated average is that if you're going to be watching a standard definition show, so not the high def uh, signal that might be coming through, but a standard definition for an hour long show is going to take you about one gigabyte. So one, one gigabyte, gigabyte being what, a thousand megabytes? Yep. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. yep. So a thousand megabytes an hour uh, that that show is going to consume. Uh, from your internet. So one of the tricks is that there's a difference between megabytes and megabits, right? And we haven't kind of mentioned that yet, mm -hmm. but generally when you say there's a megabyte that I need, that's a uh, an amount of data that I need to pull down, then your service, which oftentimes is estimated as the megabits per second, <laughs> So the it's M, not confusing at all. Not so at all. Very, no, very clear. Me yeah. meta <laughs> megabytes per second, megabits per second. Uh, um, but yeah, when we see our speed numbers, and it's the large M, small B, PS, so megabits per second. Megabits per second. Yeah, that's generally what your internet is going to, for, especially your home internet, that's what number they're going to be providing you. Netflix will say that you need a minimum of a five megabits per second minimum. 
okay. internet speed right. in order to do standard definition. You need a minimum of 25 mm -hmm. in order to do a HD. HD. Okay, I thought or, I'm sorry, right. uh, or even, even 4K, right? Okay. So they basically say that, you know, if you want to take a look and say, what kind of internet do I need in order to watch Netflix? Mm -hmm. I think you're going to need a minimum of probably that five megabits, an All absolute right. minimum of five megabits again, to be able to make this work. comparing that to what we've been talking about, you know, Brian's got a plan of 50, I've got a plan of 100. I know you can get some lower plans out there, but we're saying for a typical just streaming Netflix are we pretty safe in saying that at least a 20 mega megabit connection is going to get you some good bandwidth for streaming internet uh, video on a yep. Netflix service? Yeah. Yeah. And actually most of what you see on Netflix now is going to want to come in at its HD, right? Yeah. So even looking at some of the standard definition things is not really going to be that useful. Yeah. I think you got to um, look so at those HD numbers and I think 20, to me, 20 is like the minimum. Okay. Yep. If you really are planning on doing anything with uh, internet streaming, TV, video conferencing, anything, you got to have 20. And I yep. don't know of any internet services nowadays today that are offering that low or lower than that anyway. Um, well, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I don't, I, I still think there's a lot of places in the country where they have very low internet possibilities that you can jump into. But I also think those in the individuals, you said, that are not streaming TV. Sure. Okay. So, and I think that's really the biggest difference to me is when you say I'm going to stream TV or I'm going to stream video to my TV, that's when I say you probably need to be at that. You have level, now jumped minimum. to another level. Yes. If all you're doing is pulling up web pages, doing emails, uh, working on a Google doc, whatever. Yeah. Speed is not a very big factor. You can get by with the minimum speed that you're being offered right. from your service provider. The defining characteristic is the minute you're pushing or pulling video. Um, yep. Because there yep. again, imagine it's a photograph 30 times a second is what you typically look at with video is videos going at 30 frames per second on a computer screen. So that's 30 photographs having to be pushed every single second. And that's where the internet speed comes in for video. Um, so that's where you got to really start asking yourself yep. questions. But again, if streaming video is not an issue uh, and you don't, you're, right. you're, you're are paying for minimal, cable. Just pay for the lowest package you can get for your internet, and you're probably going to be fine for everything you yep. need to do. So yeah, yeah I mean, if you're paying for, if you're paying for cable, and that's the way you get your TV. So you have cable TV, which yeah. is coming in through the coax line and uh, allowing you to to watch a fairly, you know, good picture uh, through your uh, your cable provider. They'll provide you some internet. Yep. with probably a tack on and they can give you a 10 megabytes if that's all you're doing is pulling in emails and watching YouTube videos at the small scale. Yeah. But the moment you click over to my TV or my entertainment is actually coming in through the internet. <clears throat> that's why I think you need to be at the minimum of 20. And I, I do say that's minimum. Yeah. I um, think we're, yeah. I think we're kind of all in agreement. 20 is a minimum on TV through your internet. Um, right. Now people ask about zoom. Zoom is, you know, yeah. or video conferencing, uh, obviously something we've talked about, about the working from home situation, but teleconferencing, video conferencing is getting even more popular now. Uh, if you're able to stream TV to your house, then in most situations, a Zoom yep. or WebEx or uh, Skype call is not going to be a problem. You're going to have the right. same bandwidth you need for that because it's still just pushing video. Um, the difference is... And I think this is important for people to understand, too, because I do get questions about this a lot. The difference between upload and download speed. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
Everybody focuses on the download speed. That's what the companies are marketing. They're saying 50 megabits download or 100 megabits download. And download is important. That's if you're going to watch TV, if you're going to watch YouTube videos, that is all download. Because the idea that download means the, the traffic is coming from the internet down to you. So download is the most important for most people. But we don't want to forget about the upload because the upload is what you are pushing up to the internet. And a perfect example of the upload is on a video conference call, the video it's shooting of you with your video camera going up to the internet relies on the upload speed, okay? Um, a lot of these services, especially on the broadband side, many of them will give you a much faster download and the upload speed is just a fraction of that. So for example, my current internet speed at home is 100 megabits download, which is great, but it's about 10 megabits upload, about a oh, wow. tenth fraction of it. Hmm. It's pretty low. And normally that does not cause a problem until I'm having to upload a file. Um, I have to upload a lot of video to YouTube on a regular basis, and I do a lot of it from home sometimes. It is painfully slow because I'm bottlenecked yep. by that upload speed. Um, video conferencing could be impacted if you're pushing a very high resolution video camera on your end and, um, you're doing a, a, a video chat with someone, your upload speed could have a little bit of an impact on the quality of that. So I don't want everybody to forget about upload. Now, yeah. fiber connections we mentioned earlier, one of the things they're great about is that generally speaking, they are equal upload and download. So if you get a 50 megabits fiber line, it is going to be 50 megabits download and 50 megabits upload. That's awesome. And that's a lot of the reasons why I think fiber is really appealing for a lot of businesses because you get that upload speed as well. But I don't want people to forget about that because, you know, yep. you think, oh, well, the download speed is great. Just remember, if you're having to push a file to someone, you're trying to upload a file, you're trying to upload a video, or you're doing a lot of video conferencing, the upload speed could be a little bit of a factor. Yeah, no, and, and and you know what, with people working from home and starting to do video conferencing more often, I think you're going to see people realizing this. Um, I've noticed several times that I've had conferences with multiple people and one person's video is very choppy and you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, why am I not getting their good video? Because I have a really good download speed, but it actually comes from their end yeah. that maybe that they say, oh, well, I'm a hundred, you know, hundred megabit, um, internet speed, but if they're like you and have a 10, 10 megabit upload, it's now everyone else that gets to suffer to see the pixelate, pixelated video because of how much time it took them to upload um, from their uh, from their side. So I think it becomes you know brutally honest or brutally apparent at this point when we start seeing a lot of these video conferencing uh, where you've got some some people's video that comes through really well. Um, and I do think that that's something that a lot of internet companies are starting to adjust now. As you mentioned, fiber, right? We have a 50-50, okay, so it's good. equal download and upload. Um, so I find that video conferencing is usually fairly fairly easy for me. Um, but the uh, it, I think when we first jumped that service, it was 30 and 5. Mm -hmm. And because, again, up until this point, video conferencing wasn't really an issue. Yeah. Putting your information up wasn't an issue. Maybe you had to go and upload a video, but you would usually do that in the background. So upload speeds weren't as important. So 
I, I totally agree with you. Pay attention to upload speeds when you're, you know, and that may even be a reason to contact your internet company now and see if you're a, you know, if you're a 50 and a five, right, your 50 download and five upload, it may be worth even switching to a 30, 30 yeah. now, you know, and find that your experience might even be a lot cleaner. Yeah. No, I agree. If, 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 if a 20 is really all you need for internet streaming a video for download, then yeah, I think uh, if you're, if you've got a really, really low upload speed, it might be worth even looking at negotiating, like you said, a different plan that mm-hmm. gets you a better upload speed. Um, yep. I know with yep. 10 upload for me, I find myself sometimes getting bottlenecked. So um, yep. I, yep. Uh, we are planning on upgrading things to fiber lines you know, here, our office buildings and other places. And I think that's uh, one of the reasons is that upload speed as well. Yep. So Brian, if somebody, you know, we've talked about a lot of speeds and everybody kind of gets their speed the package from their internet service provider. They signed on for whatever package. Maybe a lot of people don't even realize what package they're on. I'm sure that's the case for many people. You just got the standard internet that you signed up for. You may not even know what the speed was. There is a way that people, everybody can go and actually get a gauge on what their speeds are. Okay. Um, it's a pretty common website. It is speedtest.net. It is a free site, a free service. It's ad-supported, so you'll get a lot of ads on it. But it's kind of the industry standard right now for this is where I go to see what my speed is. I encourage, if you're this far into this episode and you've been listening to us talk about it and you don't know what your internet speed is, go find out. It's on speedtest.net. It is a website. Uh, It's very simple. There's a big button that shows up that says, hey, run my test or start testing, and it will go through about a, I don't know, 20-second test. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll do both your download speed, and then it will do your upload speed. Now, don't expect it to be exactly accurate. It's going to bounce around. It's going to be sometimes lower than what your speed's supposed to be. Sometimes it might be a little bit higher. I guess in general, the average of you running these tests should be pretty close to what your package is supposed to be from your provider. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's... It's something I, I've i started to do more often, especially since working yeah. from home, is mm-hmm. you just start checking different times of the day to try to see what speed you're getting. And it's also important, you mentioned that it's it potentially may vary. Well, it also could be different depending on whether you're connecting wirelessly through your internet or through wire. So if you are in an office where you have your internet router, it's coming in through the wall, going into your modem box, and then you have a wire going straight from your modem to your computer, then you should be getting close to what they propose that you should mm-hmm. be getting for your speeds. However, if you have it coming in to a different room, into that router, and then blast out through Wi-Fi, now there's a whole other layer there of speed degradation that could happen. So yeah. I, I, I agree. Check it. Check it uh, often now that you're home. Maybe checking and find out. Uh, I usually do. Actually, I'll check it before I get on a video conference just mm-hmm. to make sure there's nothing too. going wrong with my internet and whether I need to do a restart on my router or any of that sort of thing. Um, Speedtest.net really- is just a great website. Even if I'm working yeah. with clients and people are trying to figure out uh, internet speed, it will run tests and just you know make sure. And again, if you run a test one time, and it's a weird result or you get a really low number, I do encourage you to try it again, maybe a little bit later or from a different location and see what you get uh, because there are a lot of factors that will impact that. But overall, the average of what you're getting after you run numerous tests should be relatively close. Yeah. Um, 
Now, Brian, we've got a couple deep dive episodes we're going to go into after this main episode. So in the next few weeks, a couple of follow-up episodes, a little more in detail about this topic. One of them is going to be about Wi-Fi, because that is pretty much the way that everybody wants to get internet running through their house now. Uh, People can still have a wired network with Ethernet jacks and cables running through their walls. And it's great. because I know, it is wired. But I tell you, it is the best performance you're going to get. But I think everybody says, you know, I'd rather take a little bit of a hit in performance for the flexibility of having free-floating devices in my home with internet access. So we are going to talk about Wi-Fi as a next follow-up mm-hmm. item on the next episode, just different Wi-Fi types of systems and routers and products and things to know about when you're looking at Wi-Fi systems. Then we're going to do a second deep dive, which will be kind of tying off of what you were just describing, Brian, this idea of uh, how to improve possibly your speed, uh, network speed you're getting. Because you may be running these speed tests and saying, man, it just seems like I'm getting a lot lower than I'm supposed to be getting all the time. And you run the speed test and it confirms that, yeah, it it is a lot lower. You're supposed to be getting 50 megabits and you can't ever get that speed test to show more than 10 or 15 on download every time. So we'll do a deep dive number two where that's going to be a lot more into ideas or things to check or things to do to see about improving your speed and make sure you're getting what you should be getting from your service provider. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be, that's going to be good for people. Uh, Find out some strategies to try to improve that, uh, to try to make it better. Yeah. So we'll be covering those in a couple follow-up deep dive episodes, but we just want to kind of set the groundwork here talking about just internet speed and internet needs in general. Um, The great news in summary on all this is that, you know, a typical broadband meaning cable or wired connection coming into your home uh, should in most cases be providing you with the kind of internet speed you need for general day-to-day use. The things to keep in mind, considerations, is if you are doing a lot of video, TV, streaming through the internet, your needs are going to increase somewhat, uh, and you just need to be mindful of that. And then using a service like speedtest.net to test your speed uh, to make sure you're getting what you should be getting from your provider um, and to gauge where you are in relation to some of those uh, guidelines we mentioned earlier in the episode. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian, do you want to close this this particular episode out with our Brothers in Tech suggestions, which we have yeah. aptly named as our BITS because we like acronyms and they work really well. <laughs> and with this one especially, right? We yeah. should call them these are mega oh, bits. Oh, these are the Ooh. mega bits. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Very oh, good. Oh, man. It is mine, early. It mine is, is early kind here. of a mega bit when we get to it. So how about why don't you go first? Because mine's okay. a little little okay. heavier to get into. Well I actually I actually have two, Alan, and one oh. one is in wasn't one is an app, something to do the uh, that you can use. The other one is something I want people to do. Um, so first of all, my suggestion is that I I do I do think all of us, if you haven't done this recently, need to call your internet provider and mm-hmm. find out what kind of speed you're supposed to be getting, but also what other options they have, because you may have signed up for something, you know, two or three years ago, and maybe you've been perfectly content with it till now, until you moved your office home <laughs> and you've started to do video conferencing and you started realizing things are problematic. So I would suggest calling your internet provider. Um, now, of course, they're getting hammered right now by everyone across the country uh, who's now realizing their internet isn't working the way it should. 
but I would call them and I would kind of get on a habit of calling them every six months or so from now on just to see what new services they have. Um, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I did this uh, right when, you know, people started to have the uh, uh, the virus started to, to hit a few weeks ago. I called because I knew I would be home more and um, come to find out I was paying for a 30, 30, 30, up, or 30 download, 30 upload for $47 or something a month. And they said, oh, well, you can change to our 50, 50 for $16 less a month. So uh, there are potentially some new technology that they may be willing to uh, offer you uh, potentially to even save money uh, if you do, if you give them a call. So I suggest calling your internet company, finding out what they have, finding out what deals they may have. Maybe nothing comes out of it, but at least uh, you can be more informed about what's there. I think so, that's a good call. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So my my actual pick in terms of uh, something to use, uh, you mentioned earlier speedtest.net, and it, it's absolutely the um, kind of the go-to way of testing your speed. Now, I will say there's a, there's a conspiracy theory part of me that says <laughs> – you know, your internet company knows that speed test is a website that it needs to provide the best speed for. And therefore it does that. However, um, being a somewhat of a scientist, um, I would say it's okay as long as you're continuing to test yourself on the same website over and over and over. So you're looking at reliability. Um, I use it a lot. I use speedtest.net and, you know, I'll check it at different points of the day now and find out, Oh, in the morning I tend to get slower speeds, Um, So I need to plan around that. But I found myself getting pretty annoyed having to go to the website each time. And then also trying to remember what my speeds were the last time I checked it. Mm -hmm. So what I've found is that speedtest.net actually has an app. So when you go to that site, if you scroll to the bottom, it will say, you know, we have um, uh, apps for your devices so that you can actually have a native app sitting on your computer that will tap into that uh, speedtest.net. Nice. So I started doing that. There's a menu bar for the app or for the for the Mac. There's a menu bar app that sits up in my menu bar and I can click on it. It pulls up a little drop down uh, where the go button is. I click on go and I can actually get rid of it and go to back to what I was doing before. And once it's done with its speed test, it'll pop in a notification on my screen that says, Hey, by the way, we're done. And these were your download and your upload speeds. So there's some ease of use there. You don't have to sit and, you know, stop everything you're doing and uh, focus on uh, the speed test. But the other nice part about it is every time I run it, it's since it's now an app on my computer, it's keeping a log of all of those results. Right. So I can now look up there and see, you know, the last 20 times that I checked it and start to to notice whether or not there is some consistency. Oh, see, that's really good yep. because, yeah, that's the big problem with the website is yeah, it doesn't save anything for you. So you're really having to remember, hey, last time I got 25, now what's my speed this time? But with the app, it, it's so nice and it keeps that log for you so you can see what your previous tests were. Yeah, um, that's really good. Plus, again, speed and, test and app is free. As I was free. saying, with reliability, yeah, as I was saying with reliability, you can go to lots of different apps. I mean, you can go to lots of different sites, lots of different apps. There's one called uh, Speed Easy or something like that. That's supposed to be pretty consistent, and you may get frustrated in that they're all giving you different numbers. So I would say stick with one. Yeah. You know, if if you find one, stick with it, but do it often and try to keep track of your data. So yeah. yeah. 
Very, very important. That's good. Great. Good, right. good, what good you, bit. What do you got? What's your, what's your mega so, bit? So, yeah. That All I, right. And I'm probably a little early on this one. This is actually probably a better bit for the next deep dive we're going to do, which is all about the Wi-Fi networks. But I'm going to go ahead and preface this now because, A, um, it's the one I, I wrote down to talk about today. <laughs> and, two, um, it's a pricey one, so it's, it's not going to be for everybody. This is pretty much a hardcore option for a lot of people. Um, there's an app that I've used and it's part of a subscription service. I, I have mentioned before on the show called SetApp that I pay, uh, to have access to all these apps. Otherwise, if I didn't get this through this, this subscription, it would be a $50 app. So it's a pricey, pricey high end app. But what it does is it really helps you analyze your Wi-Fi performance throughout your house. Because you may find yourself where you're going through your house and you're on your laptop and in some rooms you get really great internet access or internet speed through your Wi-Fi network. You get to other parts of your home and it's horrible. Or maybe some parts you don't get any, any access at all. And obviously with a good Wi-Fi network, we'll talk about this at the next deep dive, but you want to have good coverage throughout your house so there's not any dead spots if you can help it. Well, NetSpot is an app. I know it's on the Mac. I don't know about Windows versions. I, I forgot to check on that. But I know at least on the Mac version, it allows you to go through and basically analyze every spot in your house and even create like a heat map to show where you've got really good internet access and where there's some spots that you don't. Um, if you have floor plans of your house already drawn up, you can actually import them and then you kind of mark where you're starting your spot and you can walk through your house with this app running and it will show on your layout that you've imported uh, your different speeds going on and where you've got more interference and where you've got more hotspot issues to look at. The whole reason you're doing this, and we'll talk about this when we go into Wi-Fi systems on the next episode, is really because you want to find out where you maybe need to strategically place different parts of your Wi-Fi system or routers or, hot, or repeaters because you want to get coverage all the way through the house. But NetSpot, if you're really, really focused on, I want the best performance everywhere in my house, I want to get rid of hotspots, I want to find the perfect placement for things, this is an app, a pricey app, but it is an app that will do that for you in a really nice way. So uh, it's not for the faint of heart, it's not got the best user interface, it's a little, uh, you got to really spend some time on it, I'll, I'll admit. But once you get into it, if this is something you really want to focus on working on, it is a good app for doing that once you get into it. So that's NetSpot, uh, $50 on the App Store for the Mac. Um, uh, but I get it through my $9 a month uh, set app subscription as one of the apps I have available to me. So Yeah. I don't know if set, was set up one of your bits earlier or were just apps from there. I don't think it is. I think I've yeah. just referenced a couple of apps from that, but it is something we'll probably want to talk about at some point because I, yeah. I'm a big I joined, fan of I joined it. that. Yeah, I joined that after you had uh, mentioned yeah. some of these apps. And given how much I enjoy trying new apps and not have to pay for them. Oh, uh, so nice. Yeah, it's really nice. There's so. at least five apps that I use from that yep. suite on a regular basis. So if I had yep. bought those apps and kept up with upgrades, I feel like I would have been spending a lot more money than I am. Yeah. Um, so it's, well, it's, I mentioned that in the future. Absolutely. Sure. I, I'm a wholehearted believer in set app. I think it's a great service, but we'll, I, how about I'll make that a dedicated bit uh, and talk a little great. bit more in detail about it, maybe in the next couple episodes. So good. Cool. All right. Well, that right. should wrap it up for this first episode on internet access. Again, this is kind of our main kind of set in the stage episode. And then we are going to talk more detailed about the two follow-up topics we have 
mainly Wi-Fi networks and Wi-Fi systems in your house. And then we'll talk about some tricks and strategies for looking at ways to improve your existing internet speed. Uh, some things to be mindful about as you do that. So be on the lookout. If you're not already subscribing to the show, so good reason to do that is that way you'll know exactly when those next two deep dive episodes come out. If you subscribe to the show, either through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or just go to themesh.tv, our website where our podcast is hosted, there are subscribe buttons on all those services. Look for our show, subscribe, and that way on your podcast player of choice, it'll get downloaded to you the very next time we, we post a new episode and you can listen at your leisure. And if you have any questions or feedback for us, Brian, uh, I know we've gotten some great feedback from people already the last few months. Uh, how can they go about talking to yeah. us at this point? Well, they can email us at info at themesh.tv. So I-N-F-O at T-H-E-M-E-S-H dot TV. So info at themesh.tv. So send us an email. Tell us uh, some of the internet tricks that you may have so we can kind of utilize those and give those out to other people or uh, some issues that you might have, some questions that you might have that we might be able to address in the future. Perfect. That's great. That's the, that's the goal. All right, everybody, we're going to go ahead and sign off from Brothers in Tech. Again, keep us posted on your thoughts, questions, feedback for us. We look forward to talking to you in the upcoming episodes as we dig deeper into the idea of internet access for your home. And till then, I'm Alan Jackson with me, Brian Jackson. Brian Jackson, there, yes. That's Brian Jackson, my brother. <laughs> and uh, we're Brothers in Tech. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. What you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.